0: Hi, this is Peter Schwartz, public address announcer for the Cosmos, and you're listening to the First Team Podcast. Hello Cosmos Country, on this week's episode I will review the Cosmos midweek draw against the San Francisco Deltas and the loss this past weekend against North Carolina FC at MCU Park. I will look at the Cosmos upcoming fixture this Sunday against Puerto Rico FC and later on in the show I will discuss the news that the North American Soccer League filed a federal antitrust lawsuit against the United States Soccer Federation. So let's kick off the show by reviewing the Cosmos match last Wednesday at home against the San Francisco Deltas. So let's start off by talking about the 18th minute. Eugene Starikov with a shot at goal. Paiser makes the save and Guerra scores off of the rebound. Cosmos won, Delta zero. In the second half, in the 60th minute, Cosmos had a penalty. Pablo Khan Converts the penalty, Cosmos 2, Deltas 0. In the 79th minute, Deltas have a penalty. Sandoval converts to put the Deltas on the board. Sandoval came on as a sub late in the second half. And he made a big impact for his team. In the 84th minute, Kobe Moyal, he passes the ball to an opposing player. And he passes it to Sandoval once again. And Sandoval fires a shot from outside the box. It goes in the top right corner. Brian Holt, who was in net, had no chance of saving that one. That's the equalizing goal. And it ends full-time, 2-2. And that's not the result the Cosmos needed or they never wanted to see that result at home at MCU Park because you're up to nothing. We finally score two goals in the first half. Juan Arango gets injured. He heard a pop in his shoulder. On the broadcast, they said that he was crying, and we have a quote from Giovanni Savarese. He says that, yes, Juan is not going to be able to play anymore for the season. He's completely out. He's going to have surgery on Monday, and it's been unfortunate because he's a very important player. Right at the moment, he was getting back into his shape. Now we've lost him, you know, one of the most important players we have. And Gio's right. He got the start against San Francisco, and you thought, wow, maybe we're going to see the Juan Arango that we saw last season, but it's sad to see him out. But going back to the match, we're up 2 nothing, and we find a way to give up the game, and it's very sad because the Cosmos, over the past couple of years, and we have to stop comparing the teams because two different teams, two different mentalities as a squad and different players, But Kobe Moyal, in the 84th minute, just giving the ball away. You can't just give the ball away that easily when the Deltas are putting pressure. And the Deltas need a goal to go back to San Francisco with a point. So it was very uh, sad to see them equalize. But the Cosmos, all season, they've been having defensive issues. But this wasn't on the defense. It was on our midfielder, Kobe Moyal. So the things that we learned from the match is that the Cosmos can't defend when we are up to nil. And the Deltas had 10 men as well. So you think we have an extra man, we can score a couple more goals, we can sort of get out of the game with the three points, but that wasn't the case on Wednesday night. There's an excuse that the team could use, but I never want to see the boys in green come out and talk to the media or talk to the fans and say we lost because of this reason. But the only reason that I can give out. And probably Giovanni Severace can say as well. We had three matches in one week. We had a match on Sunday against Jacksonville. We had a match on Wednesday. Like we're talking about it right now. Against the Deltas. And on Saturday against North Carolina FC. That we will get to later on. The best thing to come out of these three matches. Is that they were all home matches. So we didn't have to travel For three matches in one week. That would have been very tough for the team. At least we got to stay home. Relax. And train. And it wasn't so much on the players legs. But I think Giovanni Savarese had to rotate the squad. And that's what he did uh, throughout these three matches. The match on Saturday against North Carolina FC. In the 11th minute. The ball over the top to NCFC striker Gorn he puts it away, Cosmos nil, NCFC 1, and the 47th minute, Carlos Mendez is already on a yellow card, and he's trying to stop Nas Albadawi from putting it across into the box, uh, but he's pulling his shirt, and Nas puts it across into the box to Austin to lose. and Deleuze puts it away, Cosmos nil, NCFC 2. And this is a major problem that I've talked about multiple times on the show. I've talked about it previous years. Carlos Mendez is getting older. And as a defender, you don't want to hear that you might not be able to play at this level anymore. But for the Cosmos, I think we need defenders that have pace. I remember Carlos Mendes, I think this was last season, he got beat by Poku, but maybe any. Uh, defender might get beat by him and I know he was on a yellow card Carlos Mendes and maybe you can't give him so much stick but maybe all the blame for the second goal shouldn't be on him it should be on the Cosmos defenders as well because when Naz Abadawi crosses the ball to Austin to lose the whole back line goes to the post goes to try to save the ball off the line, and they never did that as well. They should have tried to run to shut down Austin to lose. Maybe that's what the coaching staff has to do in training. We have to work on our defense. We have to be compact. We have to be strong. And those errors, we give up goals, we lose matches, we get a draw, and we're in the hunt for a spot in the championship. And we can't be giving up two goals at home We have to park the bus. And I know some people might say, like, oh, that's not exciting. That's not entertaining football. But a win's a win. You're not going to be looking at how you beat NCFC two months from now. You're going to say, we won and we qualified for the championship. So full-time, Cosmos lose 2-0 against NCFC. The Cosmos had some chances later on in that second half, but we couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. Let's review the fixtures from this past weekend and look ahead to this upcoming weekend in the NASL. Last Wednesday, the Cosmos drew 2-2 against the San Francisco Deltas. On Saturday, the Cosmos lost 2-0 against NCFC. Deltas, they beat FC Edmonton 2-1. And on Sunday, the Florida Derby, Miami FC won 3-0. On Wednesday night, tonight, September twenty seventh, 2017, Jacksonville Armada FC will host Indy 11. I'm going to go with a 1-1 draw there. We have a host slate of fixtures this Sunday. FC Edmonton will host the San Francisco Deltas at 4 p.m. Eastern time. I'm going to go with a Deltas Victory 2-1. NCFC, North Carolina FC hosting Indy 11. I'm going to go with a Indy 11 Victory 2-1. That's also at 4 p.m. Eastern time. New York Cosmos hosting Puerto Rico FC. I'm going to go with a 2-1 Cosmos victory. That's at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. And Miami FC versus Jacksonville Armada FC. Florida Derby once again. But now Miami FC are hosting this fixture. And that's the last match at 6 p.m. on Sunday. Let's go in-depth and talk about this fixture for the Cosmos. Cosmos v. PRFC this Sunday at MCU Park. Let's look at the previous fixtures with Puerto Rico FC. The first match of the NASL Spring Season away in Puerto Rico against Puerto Rico FC. The Cosmos drew 0-0. On May 14th, 2017, the Cosmos hosted Puerto Rico FC and the boys in green won 4-3. And on June 16th, the Cosmos hosted Puerto Rico once again and we won 4-2. There was a fixture change because of Hurricane Maria. Puerto Rico and New York swapped home dates for the remaining two matchups. The Cosmos will host Puerto Rico FC on Sunday, October 1st. And Puerto Rico will host the Cosmos in Puerto Rico for the fall season finale on Saturday, October 28, 2017 at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. So my keys to the match for this big matchup. And that's what I'm going to call it, a big matchup for the New York Cosmos. We need to get the three points. We're hosting the fourth match at MCU Park, a four-game homestand because of that fixture change. Puerto Rico FC, they haven't played for a while, so maybe we have an advantage there. It's going to be a very tough match for them as well because of the hurricane because of how much damage there is there, and maybe their family and friends are affected by the hurricane. feel for all the Puerto Rico FC supporters, the listeners of the show. We hope that they recover. We hope everyone's okay in Puerto Rico because it's tough. We can't control disasters like we see in Mexico with the earthquake or with the hurricane in Puerto Rico and in Florida and in Houston, but we can all come together. And raise money like I saw last night. Um, united for each other. For Liga Meki. We all came together. And raising money. And it's all about the beautiful game. So the Cosmos, what they're doing is we're all coming together on Sunday, October 1st at MCU Park. And we're going to watch this big match for the New York Cosmos and Puerto Rico FC. And the Cosmos are going to be donating 50% off of $10 tickets to a GoFundMe page. That's set up for the players and the staff of Puerto Rico FC. Uh, So that is a great cause. And I hope everyone gets out there for the match. My keys to the match for Cosmos v. Puerto Rico FC is number one, that the back line needs to stay compact and strong for the full 90 minutes. We need to play as the home team and dominate the match. Like we saw against the Deltas, we weren't dominating the match. We're up 2-0 against the San Francisco Deltas at home. We can't pass the ball around. We can't knock it around and let the Deltas chase the ball and get tired, right? Why can't we do that? Why do we have to give the ball away and let Sandoval just fire it into the back of the net to uh, score the equalizing goal? And they got lucky. They got lucky to go back to uh, the West Coast with a point. And the last key is that if we are winning, let's make adjustments to hold the lead, and secure the three points. And that goes back to what I said earlier. If we're winning, let's park the bus. I don't care how we win. We're not going to be thinking a week or two or three weeks from now about this result. If we get the three points, we're not going to complain. We're not going to moan anymore. We're just going to say, well done. We're going to clap the players. We're going to support the team, win, lose, or draw. But if we're up two-nil, or if it's one-nil, that's park the bus, that's stay compact, that's put everyone behind the ball, ten men behind the ball, and that's defend the lead. But maybe you can make the argument and say the Cosmos don't play like that. But we have to make adjustments if we want to qualify for the championship. And I would love to see the boys in green compete in that semifinal. And I know we won't host the semifinal, but. Nevertheless, I would love to see the boys in green uh, compete for a NASL title. This is a must-win match. The Cosmos are in the hunt for a place in the championship. The Cosmos currently sit in fourth place with 33 points and North Carolina FC are in third with 36 points. So lastly, my score prediction is a Cosmos 2-1 victory against Puerto Rico FC. And just before we move on to the last topic on this week's episode, I just want to say that there was an article from a Puerto Rico media outlet and uh, where Puerto Rico have their stadium, it's ran by that town there, by that local government. And their mayor said that the stadium is ruined or there's damage and that's not the top priority for that area, for that community. And I totally understand that 100%. The top priority is getting... The power back on is getting people food and water. That's the most important thing for the people that were uh, affected by the hurricane in Puerto Rico. In this article, they were saying how the most important thing is the people and making sure they're okay. They were trying to get across in this article that the people are the top priority and they should be. But later on in this article, they were saying how Puerto Rico needs to find an alternative venue. And I think that's going to be a very interesting storyline throughout the next couple of days, within the next week, because Puerto Rico FC have home fixtures. But how can you play a home fixture when the people on your island are not in the mood or not in the mindset to watch a sporting event? And I know when there's damage and when people are not in that right set of mind, they like watching a sport because it gets them out of that mindset. Like the people in Mexico, they had Liga MX last night, so maybe they don't have to be stressed out about what happened in Mexico for that ninety minutes, for that two hours, because they can watch the football. But I don't think Puerto Rico is in that um, state of mind. Is in sort of like what the mayor said: is that soccer, football. Playing right here, the stadium, is not important. What's important is the people. And that's why I think that's going to be very interesting for PRFC to see where are they going to play. Are they going to play in a alternative venue? Or are they going to... And I'm just putting some points across. Are they just going to play their home matches away in that stadium? So, for example... Say Puerto Rico are playing North Carolina FC. And instead of North Carolina going to Puerto Rico, say Puerto Rico just play all their home matches on the road. They play them in the opposite team's stadium. They play away matches instead of home matches. And the team, the home team, shares half of the revenue on the match day. So it would make financial sense for Puerto Rico FC because, okay, they can't play in Puerto Rico, but at least... They're making some type of money, like sort of like how in England they have like uh the revenue shares like when uh there's like the cup tournament, the FA Cup, the small team goes to the bigger team and they share um how much money they make on the match day uh, but this will be going towards a better cause because Puerto Rico FC can't make any money on the match day because their island is ruined, people's houses are damaged and not there anymore. People died. We feel for the people of Puerto Rico. We're wishing the best for them, and we hope that they get the power back on, they get the water, they get the food, everything that they need to get their life back on track, and I hope it's pretty soon. Uh, So let's just move on to the last topic here. Last Tuesday on September 19, 2017, the NASL announced that the North American Soccer League filed a federal antitrust lawsuit against the United States Soccer Federation. The league released a statement and I'm going to read that right now and I'm going to go over what the NASL seeks in their two principal forms of relief. The statement from the NASL reads, the North American Soccer League announced Tuesday that it has filed a federal antitrust lawsuit against the United States Soccer Federation in Brooklyn Federal Court. The NASL is a men's professional soccer league that has operated since 2010. The NASL's complaint alleges that the USSF has violated federal antitrust laws through its anti-competitive division structure that divides men's professional soccer for U.S.-based leagues based on arbitrary criteria that the USSF has manipulated to favor Major League Soccer, which is the commercial business partner of the USSF. Its business arrangements include multi-million Dollar Media and Marketing Contracts with Soccer United Marketing Sum. MLS's marketing arm that also jointly sells and markets MLS rights combined with rights the US national soccer teams operated by the US Soccer Federation. The complaint alleges that the USSF has selectively applied and waived its divisional criteria to suppress competition from the NASL, both against MLS and against USL. For example, Under the United States Soccer Federation's divisional criteria, there are European clubs that have successfully operated for decades that would be considered ineligible for Division I or even Division II status due to arbitrary requirements like stadium capacity and market size. The complaint alleges that the USSF sought to limit competition from the NASL to MLS and USL and now seeks to destroy the NASL by arbitrarily revoking the NASL's Division Two status for the upcoming 2018 season. The complaint only seeks relief against the USSF's conduct regarding its divisional designations. Rockwell B. Camiso, chairman of the NASL's Board of Governors and the principal owner of the New York Cosmos, which plays its home matches in Brooklyn, stated, and quote, The USSF left the NASL no choice Except to file this lawsuit. The NASL has taken this step to protect not just the league, but also the game, fans, and everyone with a stake in the future success of professional soccer leagues based in this country. And that's a great quote from Rocco. Because before I get on to talking about the specifics and about what the NASL actually wants in this lawsuit. We're not going to go that deep into this conversation here. We're going to have someone come on the show on First Team Podcast Extra Time later on in the week, and we're going to have a great discussion on this topic. Going back to the quote from Rocco B. Camiso, this lawsuit for me, in my opinion, it's the NASL sort of being the bigger man, being the bigger person and saying, We know people don't like us and we know we get so much hate and so on. But we're going to stand up for everyone that has a stake in the future success of professional soccer and just the game in this country, right? That's the most important thing is that they're standing up for people in this country that want to see the game be successful. Other people don't have the guts to stand up and to sue U.S. soccer, So this is what the NASL seeks, the two principal forms of relief. First, it seeks a preliminary injunction to preserve the status quo during the pendency of this litigation to prevent the USSF from implementing its decision to revoke the NASL's Division II status so that it does not face the immediate prospect of being driven out of existence as a competitor and can continue to build its league to a level where it can eventually compete with MLS. While it pursues its antitrust rights in this court. So, the NASL, all they want to do is they want to remain a Division II league while the hearing is going on, while we're still in court. Second, the NASL seeks a judgment and permanent injunction striking down the USSF's professional league standards and other divisional rules as a violation of Sections 1 and 2 of the Sherman Act so that going forward, competition and consumers as opposed to the USSF's anti-competitive rules and conspiracy will determine which professional soccer leagues are able to compete as top-tier men's professional soccer leagues located in the U.S. and Canada and which ones are able to compete in a second tier. The free market situation that exists for all other major professional team sports leagues in the U.S., competition rather than private conspiracies would then be restored in their relevant markets. And they have a point here. As we all know, U.S. soccer has these professional league standards where someone has to own, I believe, in the second division, it's 35% and he has to have a certain net worth. Is they want Number two is they want the professional league standards to be striked down. They don't want the standards to be there anymore. So maybe you can see, if this happens, you can see a small town play in the first division. Because right now, if you probably don't have 100,000 people in your your professional market, then you're probably not going to have a professional soccer team. You're not going to have one in the middle of nowhere in Wyoming or um, Montana. What they're trying to point out is that in Europe... Small towns can be promoted to the top tier. But in America, we don't have pro-rel. And two, there's a lot more rules. There's a lot more laws in our federation that you need to have a certain amount of money and you need to have a certain population in that market. And if it doesn't meet that, then you can't be at that level. So they want that to not be there anymore, which I don't know how I feel about the second form of relief because they're probably trying to say that they want pro rel. I want it too, but I don't know if that's a way to go about it because I feel that if you don't have those league standards anymore, their professional league standards, then are the leagues going to be stable anymore? So right now you have people that have the money to invest in a team are investing, but if those League standards are not there anymore. Are you just going to have random people buying teams or is there a middle ground? Maybe they can do away with the population, but maybe their net worth requirement has to be there. Because in some towns, you might just be able to play at the MPSL or the UPSL, like that amateur level, where there's not so many rules, Some markets might never see professional soccer, and I think that's what they're trying to say here in this uh, form of relief. Rather than private conspiracies, they want competition in relevant markets, and I think that's a fair argument there. I would like to know your thoughts on this topic, that the NASL filed a federal antitrust lawsuit against the United States Soccer Federation. You can tweet us on Twitter, at First Team Pod, or you can send over your thoughts on Facebook, at First Team Pod, as well. Or you can email the show at firstteampod at gmail.com. So let's just answer some listener questions. And I just want to say some last words after that. We have one question that comes from at TY747. He says, how do you see the performance of Salvadorian players in the team at this date? Hashtag ask the first team. So you can send your questions using that hashtag. Tweet us at firstteampod on Twitter or on Facebook at firstteampod. How do I see the performance of Salvadorian players in the team at this date? Well, we have Menjavar, we have um, Andres Flores, who is in the team consistently. Menjavar hasn't been in the team that much this season. I think Andres Flores is a great midfielder. He works hard, he runs around the park. He's a, a very good player, and he's been in the team for the past couple of seasons. So I think he has a level up, or he has a better opportunity than Menjivar because he's used to the team. Giovanni Severiz, he knows him pretty well. But I would like to see more of Menjivar because I, I feel like we lack proper wingers. Like, I think it was against North Carolina FC. We played with three attacking players. So we played three up front. And we had Bloody Bardich on the left. We had, uh, I think it was Ronnie Kana up top. And we had Eugene on the right. I feel like we just have three strikers just going forward. I don't think that's good enough because I remember when we won title after title, we had Fernandez on the left. We had Restrepo on the right. So I feel like we lack proper wingers, proper wingers that are going to go past people that are like Orozco that you knew that he was a threat against opposing defenses. And I don't think we have that right now. So I think that's a major problem. But going back to... Uh, the El Salvadorian players, I just like Andres Flores. I think he's really good. He's a consistent starter, and he gives 100% on the field, and that's all you can ask um, from any player. I just want to end the show with this. With the news that the NASL filed a federal antitrust lawsuit against the United States Soccer Federation, people on Twitter, mostly MLS fans, feel it's okay to spread hate. They want to see the NASL and the Cosmos go out of business. Why is this a reality? People who support the game in this country want to see the country's most storied club go out of business. The beautiful game shouldn't be a competition between leagues. We should all come together as soccer fans and stand up for what we deserve. We deserve a first division that's competitive. We deserve a U.S. soccer president that cares about the game and wants to implement change. If these things become a reality then we will have stronger clubs. We won't have clubs go out of business every single season. We would have clubs that will get promoted based on sporting merit and not how much your club's owner has in the bank. This won't happen unless the people at the top understand what they are doing to the pyramid. By the NASL taking the U.S. Soccer Federation to court, they are sharing with the country and the world what's wrong with MLS, USSF, and Soccer United Marketing. In my opinion, the NASL is standing up for everyone in the lower division who wants change or just a better opportunity for their club. The NASL are loved by me and many supporters, but they do have some haters and we hear from them every single day. That's the thing. In my opinion, the league knows they are not liked by many, but they want change and we won't go down without a fight. NASL v. USSF The date is set, October 31st, 2017. Thanks to everyone for tuning in to this week's show. I really appreciate it. Follow us on Twitter and on Facebook at First Team Pod. We're also on other social media platforms. Uh, We're on Snapchat as well. We have our uh, picture where you can screenshot it and you can add us on there on Snapchat. And we're on Instagram at First Team Pod 1. So follow us there. We're posting consistently on those platforms. And join the conversation on this topic, NASL v. U.S.S.F. You can email the show at gmail.com or share your thoughts on our social media platforms. We would love to discuss all of this with you. And before we go, we had some news earlier today that the NASL will host a media call tomorrow at 1 p.m. to discuss the federal antitrust lawsuit. We will have coverage of that on our website, firstteampod.com. And on social media. Once again, thanks to everyone for tuning in to this week's show. And as always, let's go, New York Cosmos. Yeah, just want to give a shout out to the five points. The Borough Boys of Andadel Cosmos and the Cross Island yeah. crew. Uh. Yeah, it's New York, it's green and white, But we bleed, you see, and fight indeed. it seems to be achieving, see, we do and did it right, cause we're country loving, we above them, I'm just saying, all those lovely somethings, come and see it, in yeah. I'm playing, yeah. the fact of it, rap, from scared, attacks, passion, bliss. reacts, tap, we win, so fast, racking them in, whether it's attacking the wing, holding back to the team, through the mid, cutting the seams, it seems we see anything to be, we got a ball and a dream, got a ball and a dream, we do, I'm new, it's true, in fact, you down for you, no doubt they do, surrounding you with bad you like shouting cues allowed to hear without them do, track that's no excuse each session a lesson it's not about profession the work's the testing everything connected like a method not breathless after training something's got to be corrected rushing and acceleration at the start's most suggested infected with greatness potential is spacious out the world just face it the work becomes contagious some may say we made it but now we've just begun sorry if you hate it because i can tell you that i'm far from done